You're listening to the Tom Ficklet Show with Tom Ficklet. Good afternoon, everyone. It's 12 noon here in the the uh, Elm City. Some would say one of the best middle-sized cities on the planet, but we have some people here too, community organizers here, Chris Desir and Carrie Ellington, to really make sure that we fulfill what that what the best of, of New Haven is or, or was or could be uh, in terms of all that Sankofa kind of looking back uh, centering oneself in the present and, and moving toward the future. There, uh, the, the term community organizer gets somewhat stereotypical or overplayed, but truly, uh, when you, you're going to hear more from uh, Carrie, I am, am going to let you guys give you guys the opportunity to speak very, very shortly. So <laughs> just bear, 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 bear with me. But they have kind of embodied and uh, uh, illustrated and really demonstrated, not in terms of just picketing or or demonstrating to stop traffic, or demonstrating to make a point, but demonstrating in terms of the the one-to-one level, what's what does community organization mean, really from the psych, psychological, social, economic, and then personal, and across generations. So Carrie and, and Chris, uh, welcome to the Tom Ficklin Show. This is the Wednesday edition. Hello, thank you. Thank you. And it's good to see, Carrie had mentioned to me that she was bringing in a guest today, and which was fine. I am allegedly the host, but you know, but when you're the host, you guys go with the flow. So she said she was bringing a guest. I'm so glad she brought Chris with her because that illustrates again, what community organization is. You need not necessarily a backup, but you need not people behind you or in front of you, but beside you. Yes. So to have some, so metaphorically and just to have you, to have you bring someone, that's why I really like the, the, the gesture. And again, because again, from community organization standpoint, it's a uh, generally considered to be a, a big tent, an open tent, you know, one where we could all kind of participate in this circus, if you will, this circus of life and not have too many d- damaging as we, pr- as we uh, perform for ourselves and for others. So let, let's, let's, let's get down to it. I know, uh, Carrie and Chris, there were some events, an event, this, there's an event coming up um, this evening, but that event has had, has had a lot of uh, historical antecedents in terms of the police community relations, uh, uh, both of you have been involved with events over the last few years, but you're involved, you're continuing to be involved. I'm really curious as we talk for the next 40 minutes about what's has kind of sustained you and has it been innate DNA driven has, and then are the events kind of, Oh, and, um, inspiring you to kind of stay on, on the road. Cause it's not easy to be, to do what you're doing. So let's, uh, I think I've teased our, our listeners enough. Let's find out what, what you've been involved with. And from my standpoint, I'm very biased just in conclusion that everything you have been involved with in terms of universities and and, and free education and uh, youth rights and parents and, and people is so substantive and so needed and, and so increasingly needed as we move forward. So, Carrie, why don't we kick off, kick off with you? Look closer to the what's, mic. what's the question again? So the, the question is: tell tell our listeners about about yourself a little bit about what you what you're involved with either tonight or moving forward to the future. Kind of give folks a little, little background. We have Carrie Ellington again, Facebook Live, and I know you're you're a celeb, so people will want your autograph. But just, oh, no. there, there may be some <laughs> some viewers or listeners that haven't haven't had the opportunity to hear your voice and to hear your story. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I uh, moved to New Haven in 2007. Um, I attended Quinnipiac University. And um, got uh, I started working for an organization called Public Allies, mm-hmm. and that put me um, on the ground working with an organization called Teach Our Children. Yes. Um, and my second year, I worked with an organization called Youth Rights Media, and mm. um, those were my kind of initial 
positions community organizing yeah. and learning like what that meant and i'm gaining a literacy for that um and also building relationships in new haven um a lot of awesome um you know organizers yes. um parents youth out here um who really want uh to make a difference not you know not only you know in the police system but in the school system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and just in the neighborhood so i got the opportunity um over the course of about you know three years in that work before i transitioned um out of that work um to work you know, specifically with parents and youth on the ground around issues of education in the school system. Um, and then I uh, transitioned into organizing. I had a friend. Um, Sounds like you've been organizing from, from Jump Street, though, but I will. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend um, by the name of Jail Richardson, a mm-hmm. really close friend of mine who was a public ally um, mm-hmm. at the time, who and he was um, shot by police. Mm. So, uh, you know, he essentially he essentially uh, was hit with false charges and he wanted to fight those. He didn't mm-hmm. want to take a plea bargain and, and, and asked me to come along with him in his journey on that fight. And um, that's when I got uh, kind of like brought into the police brutality organizing. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I've, I've been doing that with Chris and J.O. and Camille and um, some some other really good comrades in the community. Um, uh, and, and I also went and transitioned into work at common ground high school mm-hmm, which mm-hmm, was which was mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. a really awesome space we got to uh i think initiate work there around inclusion and and anti-racism yes. um and so that was uh, and also just a really uh cool institution tremendous so, so chris yeah. i did tell her tell i did ask her to tell tell us her story right i should have said give me the first or second chapter and not not the whole t- t- <laughs> ten, 10 volume, the 10 volume sequel. Should we allow Chris to say a little yep. bit? Uh, just please. Please, please. Thank you. Take you off the spot. No, that's it. You, you guys, you get my drift. You know, there's no, I take no prisoners on this show. And we'll come back to, again, because comes to public allies in terms of the groups you've been involved with and even the passion for you to get, it, get started. You're around, can I see on air how old you are? I'm 30. So you're around 30. So you're, even in your, your I, I'm, my guessing is even in your 20s and teens, you had this interest in, social justice and social change. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But Chris, welcome. Chris Desir. Yep. Uh, so I grew up in the suburbs of New Haven and um, after college, I moved back to New Haven and, or I moved into New Haven and I, I lived in New Haven for the first time and I got involved uh, kind of through Occupy New Haven mm-hmm. in some organizing work. And then I happened to go to a People Against Police Brutality meeting. They were yes. meeting at this, um, uh, I forget the name exact name of the church on Dixwell, but I... I ran into Carrie and J.O. and some mm-hmm. other people who were organizing with that group, and I was really, uh, I was really impressed by their analysis and also the work that they were doing was mm-hmm. much more relevant to me and my community than the work that was um, going on in, in Occupy. So mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. started working on issues of policing with them, and and also just the move from the suburbs to the city mm-hmm. was um, kind of eye-opening for me because the way that the police behave in those two different environments is mm-hmm. so different. Mm-hmm. And and even being black in the suburbs, like obviously that creates a different relationship that you have with the police than, you know, your white neighbors. But mm-hmm. the police don't really <clears throat> patrol the suburbs in the same way that they patrol the city mm. and, and, and even, you know, occupy the city and sort of treat the city as like a terrain for um, an ongoing low intensity conflict mm-hmm. with the city residents. And, and that was, you know, I knew that just from, like I knew that intellectually or, or like theoretically or whatever, mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. but I had never um, lived in that. So that really changed my perspective on the type of work I wanted to be involved in. Um, and, and your, your law school, your third year law school student. 
I'm a second year. So, I'm law sorry, school second year yeah. law school student at, here here at Yale. Yep, indeed. Um, let, let's jump to tonight because, as you know, this is the Tom Ficklin show, and I have Carrie Ellington with me and Chris Desir. But as, as you know, Paul Bass and Doug Paul, the, the kind of I call him the Moses of the New Haven Independent and WNHH, D- Doug Ray, professor at, at Yale, and Paul have the have a book out about the the Black Panthers in the in the in the in the, in the early era, and folks. Um, know very clearly at least whatever they might know about the black panthers and the 10 point platform that the police community relations or it was one kind of the, the impetus for the party to kind of be established but tonight something's taking place yes, let, tonight. Let, let, let's share it because even if you can't make it tonight this issue is going to resolve it's, it's going to be around for a while it's not going to resolve itself it's going to be around for a while as long as, as, long as we're human beings and have laws that might be dis- discriminatory and and, and uh, biased in their impact so let's let's kind of tease people with why they might want to come out tonight Tonight is a very important night down at City Hall at six o'clock. There's going to be a public hearing held by the Board of, board of Alders um, to uh, present a proposal. They came up with a proposal ordinance for a civilian review board. Um, so they're going to be presenting that to the public and um, having a hearing. Um, and, and we are people against police brutality is uh, wants people to come out um, to, um, you know, to to be included in this process. Um, we're looking for more transparency in this mm-hmm. process around the Civilian Review Board in New Haven. Um, we don't feel like there's been much transparency mm-hmm. around the um, creation of uh, the Civilian Review Board proposed ordinance by the Board of Alders. The community hasn't been included in that process so far in, in developing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All we've been told initially was that there was going to be research, but um, from there on out, we didn't get any more communication around what the developings and, and proceedings were mm-hmm, going to be mm-hmm. around, you know, creating this really, really significant ordinance, especially yes. in an atmosphere of, um, you know, st- statistics like every 28 hours a black man, woman or child is killed at mm-hmm, the hands of a mm-hmm, police officer mm-hmm. or, you know, someone sanctioned by the state. Yes. Um, or So, so you know, we feel that it's really uh, imperative that the community be involved in this process, that we, we have a co-created design um, and that the process be transparent. Um, and that we create a powerful civilian review board um, that essentially is going to protect the community mm-hmm. from state-sanctioned violence and police mm-hmm. brutality mm-hmm. And, and police misconduct and mm-hmm. harassment and racial profiling. Hmm. Chris? Yeah, and I don't know how much background people have on you know what a civilian review board is, but um, in my mind, the biggest lie that we tell ourselves about the police is that they work for us. Mm-hmm. And the, the reality... The, they're not public servants. Well, they they're might not... be public servants, but they're not accountable to us. The, okay. the way that police forces are structured now they're not accountable to the community they're they're account they have an internal system of accountability mm-hmm. and an internal hierarchy and mm-hmm. they you know they answer internally and then there's the mayor who's the chief executive of the police mm-hmm. department so what we want is um we want an institution that's going to to insert us into that mm-hmm. into that hierarchy mm-hmm. into that structure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. give us the the power to say this is how we want policing to be done this is what we you know give us the power to um to, to hold police accountable to that oath to protect and serve us. Indeed, indeed, and, indeed. And we also mm-hmm. want to um, like stretch our, our understanding here in New Haven of what community policing is. Mm-hmm. New Haven gets a lot of resources, um, from what I understand from the feds, for community mm-hmm. policing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the typical narrative in the, in, the, in the people's literacy and understanding around community policing is that, you know, an officer or two officers kind of walk the beat instead of being in their patrol cars and, you know, say hi to, you know, p- residents and know people's names. Um, 
But the the way that that looks in New Haven and in my neighborhood has been very very toxic. Mm. It's been mm. you know mm. you know I know your name you know come with me you have a warrant or you know show me an ID you're trespassing you know do you live here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a really egregious in that way. So we we really want to challenge um city officials um and and um to say that we want a more inclusive definition of what community policing is. Um, we feel that community policing is having a strong all civilian review board, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a review board, um, uh, you know, essentially the review board that we want to, that we, that we want to really support is what Miss Emma Jones and the Malik Jones organization has established in the city. Um, you know, post, you know, um, 1997 and Malik Jones, um, murder. And we also want to acknowledge that it's a really critical time. It's coming up on 20 years of Malik Jones murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's almost ironic to be having these conversations at having this public hearing at this time is, it's, it's a gift. Um, and we, I just want to, I think we you know to show up and honor Malik, um, and, and really make sure that we get a strong or civilian review board. I think that's a really critical thing and all victims of police violence in, in New Haven, because um, there's Indeed. been a lot of cases of police violence um, in New Haven and statewide recently and, you know, just since since 1997 yes, yes. And, and, and even before that, um, we feel it's critical. For, for sure. And I mean, although we do have police commissioners and they, they play a vital role, you say there still is that need for that community, the community input and, and accountability to the community. You know, Harry, I'm accused in terms of the show because my show, uh, Carrie and and uh, Chris has since this year has been devoted to social justice and social change. So some some folks have given me some feedback that the shows appear too oh one sided or biased or not kind of well rounded in terms of various points of view. But again, the sh- I'm 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 open for folks to call if you may hear something that you might want to uh, elaborate on or contradict or consider to be too controversial. Kind of kind of kind of let me know at Tom Ficklin's, uh, uh dot aol dot com and we'll bring you on. Uh, even Paul, Paul Bass, and I keep on lifting up Paul Bass because people, in terms of community accountability, the media has to be held accountable. So to have a strong, vibrant online institution such as the New Haven Independent and now with the radio station uh, kind of augmenting that power, it's important. But Paul re- recently had an article in the, in the New Haven Independent, I think about two two weeks ago, Harry, in terms of one of the New Haven re- uh, Independent reporters being the, the, the encounter that he had with, with the police and Paul is pretty pretty outspoken about that. There there seems to be, as you've mentioned, Chris, uh, a, a accountability perhaps inside, but but perhaps not not outside. And he really went into detail. I'll post that article as well, along with this with with this archive. Um, uh, v- very important. So people come out tonight. Um, the police commissioner meetings. I forget when they're held every month, but they're they're open. They're open meetings to, to the public. Um, and can I? I just want to say please. one thing about the accountability inside. Mm-hmm. I did not mean to say. I guess I did say that there is accountability inside, but it's like a different sort of accountability different than sort. what we want. Indeed. So, for example, we um, FOIA requested the New Haven Police Department's internal affairs records, mm-hmm. and they have very clear. Uh, it's very clear what records they're supposed to keep in their general orders, mm-hmm. and what they're they're supposed to be able to do, like trends analysis and statistics analysis, based on their internal affairs records. But the problem is they keep these records by hand. So we we got hundreds of pages of handwritten spreadsheets and you can't do anything with those. So, so it seems clear to us that they're not meeting their own internal reporting Mm -hmm, requirements. mm -hmm. And beyond that, like um, Camille Seabury, who works at data Haven and also organizes Mm -hmm. with our group is, is looking at that data. And, and what she's finding is that, you know, in, in a significant portion of the entries for internal affairs investigations, there's not even an officer listed. Mm. there's not even a disposition listed. So, mm-hmm. so these are not only useless records because they're hand-kept, 
they're incomplete and it and it's clear that they they don't expect these things to be to to ever come to light so so the internal accountability procedures are inadequate and and that's what you would expect like if you ask a, an institution to police itself <laughs> I think it's kind of ludicrous to expect them to do a good job because that's not in their it's not in their yes, interest and yes. it's especially not in their interest to do a public facing good job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so I don't think there's even internal accountability. Okay, all right, good, 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 good point. And I mean, these lawyers, these law students are on are, are on a carry. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're, they're specific in terms of interpreting interpreting language. And, uh, Chris, it's always good to see you. It's been a while. Go, go ahead, Carrie, had something to say. Yeah, I was um, I was gonna say, you know, we've heard cases of people putting in um, complaints to Internal Affairs and never hearing mm-hmm. a response back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, just, ne- just never hearing a response back. Not even, yes. you know, you know. Your case is as you know unsubstantiated. Yeah, and just, just b- basic citizen customer service. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned Emma and Malik, and I was been in touch with Jimmy Jones, and Jimmy's having an event on police accountability at, at uh, Manhattan College, where, Manhattanville College, where he teaches. Uh, Malik was in my house maybe, oh, maybe four weeks before the before the incident, and uh, so I you know I have a good memory of him, and and again we. We often go to the Trayvons and the and the Mike Browns and other issues, but we we, we forget that we don't have to look so far in terms of what what should be inspiring us yeah. in terms of justice. Yep, I mean J O Richardson. It, I think it's you know we're lucky that we didn't have another one of those mm-hmm. names to say. And 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 Monique has died in police custody under really suspicious circumstances. And uh, Oscar Santiago Rivera um, was essentially beaten to death by police officers in Fairhaven outside of a bar on um, Clay Street. Mm-hmm, so like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we could go on and on about names. And then there's the hundreds of people who, whose stories never come to light. Cause it's just a routine thing that you get harassed or that you get um, beat up or, or, or cursed at or whatever by the police. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, I had a uh, Don, Don Sawyer, who sociology, assistant sociology professor at Quinnipiac here on Monday, we were chatting about, about kind of the similar issue. So, whether you think that Carrie and if you're listening, if you think that Carrie and, and Chris are exaggerating or just or or, or or cherry picking incidences, this is something that continues to be to to be 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 in our, our public discourse. Uh, and again, look forward for, to folks to come out tonight. Um, the mayor has a night out, I think, once a month where you can come into the city hall and kind of chat with her. We're going to have soon the probably the uh, you know the designation of who's going to become our next. Our, we have interim chief uh, Anthony. What's Anthony's last name? Hall. Uh, Campbell? Anthony Campbell, interim chief Campbell, uh, but there'll be a permanent person or a person appointed uh, soon selected. So there's there are things to stay on top of. We had this the political year in terms of the race, the race for mayor again. So there's issues where citizens need to get involved to the to the best of their ability. When when I when I see you two and. and Again, we can talk about some other, up, other upcoming events, other initiatives you're involved with, because Chris, in terms of your free education, just in terms of uh, providing those services and your, uh, there's this term like make new haven, but you were involved with kind of people getting skills for at, at a, you know, at, a, at, a, at an expertise level for, I think for two, for two years, weren't you, weren't you, or was it, was it your brother? Was it? The th- the free university, weren't you? Oh, oh, the free school. The free yeah, school. We, we were actually I, both I, in, I kind of used the, uh, yeah, the. Yeah, the free school. Me and Carrie were both involved in the free school. Uh, we we ran a workshop that we called at the time every thirty six hours because the stat at that time was that every thirty six hours a black person is uh, killed by law enforcement or a vigilante, mm-hmm. and it was it was just a workshop on um, basically police violence against black people, and it, and it also turned into a space to organize around J O Richardson's case because he was fighting some 
uh, fake charges that the police had put on him after shooting him, Indeed. which is something that pol- the police often do mm-hmm. when they they know they've violated your rights because it puts you on the defensive, and all, now all of a sudden you have this you have this claim against the police. But before you can even think about that, you have to make sure that you your your freedom is intact, and you have to fight these charges. See, see, yes, yes. So, so Karen, Chris, let's let's go to the case. Let's give people a little background and uh, what's going on there, because there still is a chance that there was a. I think there was a protest. There was an event in Waterbury. Was, yeah. So, so let, let's go to the case a little bit because, again, we don't have to go. Malik is in the past, although it still is present in terms of his spirit. But here we have another situation. And at some point, it is our hope. I'm I'm generally a person that I see the glass to be half full, if not half empty. But I got to tell you, it depends on the day. But So let's let's go to the case for, for people's edification. Totally, yeah. I, um, I really want to highlight some of the recent cases. Please. One, one of the cases have been um, a recent case, actually March 9th. A young man in Waterbury who was 18 by the name of Rashamel Rogers um, was shot three times by a police officer. Um, the, th- there's been a bunch of allegations as to what Rashamel was doing, mm-hmm. um, but the community, um, people in the community have disputed um, what the police is, have said. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, have stated that they saw, you know, uh, the police essentially just act uh, super aggressively and jump out of their car and shoot and shoot at this young man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and violate all, you know, his due process rights. So Rashamel, um was shot and a bullet hit him through his lung. Um, a sh- he was shot. He was hit in his uh, arm. He has uh, some severe nerve damage from that. And he was hit um, somewhere in his rib cage. Mm. Um, he's um, been locked up and is fighting charges, some of which we believe, I believe, um, are, are false. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they accused him of uh, assaulting the officer with his car. Um, and, you know, we, we just see that overwhelmingly in cases of mm. police brutality and mm. police murder mm-hmm. or, or when police use lethal force. Um, the person, the victim is then slapped with a, a charge such as, um, you know, assaulting a, a, a officer. Um, so so we're, you know, we're standing in support of Rashamel, not only um, people against police brutality, but CT Corps, um, Black Lives Matter, New Haven, mm-hmm. Surge, um, um, organizers out in Bridgeport, folks out in Hartford have come and shown up. Um, we really, uh, you know, unfortunately, due to the frequency of uh, these cases, um, we're needing a, a, a statewide network Indeed. to really respond Indeed. to these issues. Um, it's really a public safety issue in mm-hmm. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we there's so many non the nonprofit industry is so big in the city and, and in the state and just in the nation. But a lot of folks see their work based on issues and don't look at the intersections. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just just much as a public safety issue and, a, and, a, and, and connects to educational equity. Right. Like if we're working around those issues and we're trying to see equity for young people, how can they do that if the police can just walk up to them and murder them? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we I, I really want to uh, kind of push people to expand their understanding of, of the, the, the connection to a state section, their connection and their work to state sanction violence and, and call for them to show up. Um, there's been another case in Norwalk on January 26, mm-hmm. a, a young man and his brother, um, a young man was killed um, due to a police high speed pursuit, which yes. um, shouldn't be happening in, re- in residential communities. I should also say Rashamel was shot in a residential community where mm. families are, um, children are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, this this young man in Norwalk, his name was uh, Vincent Folks, and his bro- his brother's name was Sean Bowman. He's nineteen. He just had a newborn baby. Um, Vincent Folks died instantly in a crash on January twenty sixth, and his brother Sean Bowman was severely severely injured. And is I, I heard is going for his one of his last surgeries today. This is all the way from January twenty sixth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his 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 
he has severe injury to his body. I, I, it's like it's you know trigger warning, but his 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 uh, face and his bones were um his bones hmm. and his face were smashed. His hmm. collarbone was broke. Um, so he has like just going through recovery, and Indeed. his family is going through a, a really. They're looking for support. Um, and and they're hoping to you know uh, fight fight this case and, and get justice for their family. Um, there's been another situation in Bridgeport. I don't have. I'm not too clear on the details. Where a young 18 year old um, man was shot, a, a child I should say, was shot in his face. Um, he was alleged to uh, uh, have been holding a gun, and they found out that it was a toy gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we see this impacting our youth. Indeed, right? indeed, um, indeed. Tw- Twenty two. You know, Vincent Folks was 22. This this young man in Bridgeport was 18. This young man in uh, Rashamel's 18. You know, he's a, he's a, almost barely two months into being 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're you know, it, it's just insane the frequency. We also learned that there was a another high speed pursuit chasing Groton, um, and um, a bystander got killed mm-hmm. and hit by a police car and killed. Again, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show and Carrie Ellington and. And uh, Chris Dazier are here really giving s- specific examples, illustrations, sharing their, if I can say, your blood, sweat, and tears, although you're not crying in front of me right now, but you you guys, re- you remain off the missy, but, but, you, you, but you've seen the tears and the trauma and the angst that's kind of being inflicted, certainly in some parts of the planet and some parts of New Haven, and our goal is it shouldn't be inflicted at all. So I uh, guess get so glad to have, 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 have you guys here. Yeah, and at, like on the chase stuff, so I can think of, five people off the top of my head in the past three months in Connecticut who died as the result of police chases. And there are laws actually, um, and Emma and the Malik organization were involved in organizing for these laws, but they mm-hmm. restrict when the police are supposed to chase people, which makes sense if you think about it. You don't want, if, if someone's suspected of stealing a car, it doesn't make anyone safer for the police to then engage that person in a high-speed chase through a residential neighborhood. And, and this is the thing, when we're talking about police turning communities into battlefields. This is the type of tactic that we're talking about. It doesn't make anyone safer to do that. And, and but we see this again and again, and, and it's like a really disturbing trend when, when you think about, so Sean Bowman, who, who uh, Sean Folks, uh, Vincent Folks, who mm-hmm. died, mm-hmm. Um, two men in, in New Haven in, in late January died uh, in a car crash resulting from a police chase. Uh, a a four-year-old who was a passenger in a car who the police were chasing, I think in Brantford died. Mm -hmm. And then there was this, there's this recent incident in Groton where a person died. And, and, and like this, like, like in, if you, if you're, if you live in the suburbs, imagine police chasing, engaging people in high-speed chases through your front yard. Cause that's what this is because the city is, is a more compact environment when the police are driving 80 miles an hour down your street that's your front yard right and and this would be unacceptable behavior in in a neighborhood that wasn't uh working class and of color mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's it's completely standard procedure in um and it's also in violation of the, the police their own rules and state laws mm, 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 and we, mm, we call it state sanctioned mm, violence because mm-hmm, what happens mm-hmm. is these officers get to return you know on the force um most times internal affairs um doesn't you know doesn't hold them accountable mm-hmm. um they get to return and be on duty the next day and then what we see is the state paying out high settlements to these families these victims of police brutality um we see huge settlements but then we see these officers being put back on the streets in these neighborhoods mm-hmm. where these acts of violence mm-hmm. and misconduct happen so it's not an it's not a case of a bad apple right um it's it's a systemic problem and connecticut um you know i think the the, the media 
sometimes, unfortunately, the mainstream media, the broadcast media uh, does a good job sometimes of not telling the full story. Not mm-hmm, really, good, mm-hmm, not, you know, mm-hmm. we've been organizing tons of, um, you know, actions to call to hide, yes. to raise awareness around these issues. And, and, and we, we rarely get um, a non-bias reporting, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's always biased to, uh, the, to, to the police departments and, and that's a problem in a state where there's an urgent was an urgent matter for sure and public safety for issue. sure and obviously it's a pleasure to kind of have you guys here for us to do our part Chris yeah and, and to talk about like the way that the media carries this narrative of New Haven as a model of police of community policing so I live in Beaver Hills I live on Carmel Street and, and every now and then I'll wake up to the sound of gunshots mm-hmm. like gunshot after gunshot after gunshot after gunshot coming from the police shooting range mm-hmm. which is in the Ville and it, I think it's, I looked at this a little while ago, so I, don't quote me on this, but I think it's within a mile of about six schools. Mm-hmm. So, so you have people who have grown up with this gun range in their backyard, hearing these gunshots over and over and over again. And, and, and now there are plans to move it, which is mm-hmm. great, but, mm-hmm. but, but it's been there for, for decades. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the same city that's getting credit for being a model of community policing. And, and, and again, you would never have a police gun range near, within a mile of a school in Woodbridge or mm-hmm, in Hamden mm-hmm, or in, um, mm-hmm, in you mm-hmm. know, in Brantford. You just wouldn't have that. But here, it, it's it's actually in the backyard of uh, Amistad High School. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, let me let me just take a take a take a deep breath. I want to say this correctly in terms of the Malik situation, just to kind of illustrate the folks. Uh, he was driving in East Haven and there wasn't, he was a reported driving in New Haven in, in East Haven rather. And then, uh, police began to shadow him, if you will. But the, the car chase was literally down perhaps our, as you say, our most, Oh, Dixwell Avenue is kind of, is kind of a lot, a lot of cars. Whaley Avenue. There's a lot of cars, but Fairhaven, there's a lot of cars that come up and up and back, you know, it's a two way street. So the, so the, 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 the chase was down Fairhaven, you know, the grand Avenue. And that, 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 that's kind of really incredible. And, uh, again, so it was from East Haven across our line into, in, into, uh, into New Haven. And, and, and he was murdered, uh, down the, around the corner from his mother's house. Indeed. And he was on the way to see his mother that indeed. night. So it's like. Indeed. And, and that, that, that location is now kind of, oh, very close to the, Ur- the Urban League, the, the New Haven office of the Urban League. But, but I, but I digress, uh, Really, really important. And in fact, when you mentioned carry state sanctioned, uh, um, um, some people want to do it through food justice and mm-hmm. and agricultural work. Some people want to. It looks so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I just encourage people to yes. to to find what they're passionate about. Um, to build, you know, to build love and relationships, and to and to, you know, to 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 try to find a space to be free and Indeed. exist in this world. Indeed. Um, sometimes just being yourself is revol- is in a revolutionary act, mm-hmm. especially Apo- when you're a person of color. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I, that's what Great. I That's helpful. The nurturing. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. I mean, I remember a few years ago I went to Emma Jones's house after like a kind of a, what seemed like a major setback in the organizing we were doing, but mm-hmm. in retrospect seems like a minor setback. And she was, she showed me these trees that had been planted at different stages in her struggle for uh, justice for Malik. Mm-hmm. And and we, I was looking at trees that were planted when I was maybe like 12 or something. And it kind of put things in perspective for me that it's like, like I try to attach my motivation to a long-term mm. vision mm. and like some things mm. that I might not even be able to see through or that if I become a parent, my kids might not even be able to see through. But like, it, you know, to affirm myself 
in my existence, I have to struggle for these things. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like, and also Ta-Nehisi Coates kind of talks about this in, in uh, I forget the name of the book he recently wrote, but, you know, like not to struggle for, not for, not to struggle to convince white people that our struggle is is valid or not even to struggle to change people's minds or change things in the short term, but to struggle because it's it's your duty to yourself mm-hmm. and, and it's self-affirming and, and, and his son yes yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so i try mm-hmm. to i try to see things that way and then you know i feel like if when i can attach myself to that i'm attached to this inexhaustible motivation mm-hmm. and, and mm, i like that and and kind of yeah you guys are a good team you guys are a good team i gotta gotta have, gotta have you gotta have you back <laughs> you guys are good I, I like this no the nurturing and the healing and then and the, and the communion is in the communal spirit and how we cultivate it and daily exercise it is cer- certainly key. For me, the radio show really helps in that regard. I mean, I got to tell you, it's a it's a very selfish thing, but it's selfish meaning that it gets me thinking, going, trying to you know contribute in whatever way I can. So uh, again, listen to the Tom Ficklin show and Carrie Ellington is here. Uh, Chris Desir is here. Chris spent some time up in Hanover, which I'm not going to talk about how cold that could be, but that's, that's an unusual choice there. Uh, what kind of what kind of brought you brought you up there from for your undergraduate days? Um, it w- it wasn't an informed choice. <laughs> okay, enough 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 said. <laughs> and I I'm very very grateful for the opportunity for that type of education, but it, it wasn't the place for and, me. And, Looking and, back, and and I say that Carrie gets before we're going to we have maybe oh eight minutes or so. But in terms of we have a I'm really excited about this show reaching the. Folks, uh, seniors, juniors, the younger people, you know, have been tuning in and the, the college selection choices really, it, it, it can be problematic or, or confusing, uh, but trying to make that right choice is always can always be a question mark. I mean, and you, you know, you come from a family where parents are, are graduates of uh, colleges as well as uh, professional schools. And uh, so you've been around people, but even, even still you can kind of not make that right choice at the right time. So uh, nothing against the, the, the folks in Hanover and, and Dartmouth, and I've spent some time up there, not as an undergrad, but I've been up there from time to time. Uh, and Kara, you, you mentioned an unusual place in New York State that you that you grew up in. Yeah, well, I or, um I grew up in New York City and moved to uh, moved to Dutchess County, New York. Dutchess County, a teenager, which uh-huh. was like insane because I went from being on the subway and going from Brooklyn to the Bronx, yes. alone. Yes. And to like moving to farmland. Indeed. <laughs> so, 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 how is that see, seeing the farmland and seeing the the Hanover ice and seeing the cold and seeing the different ge- ge- geographies and topography and psychological dimensions of what this Northeast America looks like? How has that kind of informed your work, if at all? Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's been. I mean, that move for me was huge in my life. Um, kind of, you know, coming out the bubble of being in 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 the Bronx. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, I didn't really even know that like upstate New York existed. Indeed, so going indeed. out there kind of it actually gave me I started to get my organizing roots, I would say, because I started to see clearly like institutional um, disparities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I could like the day I stepped foot into my high school, I didn't have the literacy for it necessarily. But, I, you know, I saw how much more resources mm. that suburban school had than, mm-hmm. the, than the, the, you know, the 14 or 12 years worth of schooling that I had did in the city mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and had learned and to the point where I was able to access college. I don't mm. think I would have been on that route had my folks not been able to make that move mm-hmm. um, to get more resources, which a lot of people in working class communities are, you know, sh- strapped and tied with trying to figure out. Um, so, so that move was huge for me. Um, I didn't really, wasn't crazy about the ge- geography then. I like it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt isolated. It was, uh, 
but but it it gave me a lens of it gave me access one and 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 um a lens for um what you know suburbia and whiteness looks like and and what what access people have in that world yes um, yes and yes that's what we didn't have what we didn't have in the bronx and 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 kind of and made me mad mad enough to the point to want to organize because mm, i always mm, i mm, i was mm. like man if i could figure out how to navigate through this through the system and if my parents could you know figure it out then mm-hmm. you know i could be that bridge for the next young person mm-hmm. coming up mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. in my shoes mm-hmm. so chris and and uh uh Carrie, t- t- how can people reach out, contact you, support you, be in touch with you, collaborate, link arms? Any one of the organizations that you're mentioned, you mentioned? You oh, we have a Facebook page, People Against Police Brutality. That's mm-hmm. probably, um, you know, that's probably the best sure, sure. means of contact. People Against Police Brutality. Yeah, okay. We also have a website uh, specifically about the Civilian Review Board, which is NH, uh, nhbcrb.org. Okay. So nhbcrb.org. And you said you want people to come out tonight at what time again? Um, if you could come out before six so you could be sure to sign up and get a space to testify. Good. Um, um, Good. But it starts at six o'clock. Good. And, Good. At City Hall. Mm-hmm. Yep. At City Hall. And we do have an ordinance that we're going to present to the Board of Alders that we think is is um, legally solid and also fulfills what the charter requires mm-hmm. and also is going to give us an actual tool to hold police accountable. So. We have critiques of the board's proposal, critiques of the process they went through to generate it, and then we have our own proposal to give to them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to kind of as we as we wind down, I'm going to give you guys the the last word. Um, when we look at how some of the marketing efforts have been, and kind kind of bear with me, if it, what I'm trying to make is even just on the most neutral level, in terms of whether a product should be continued to be invested in, supported, whether investors should buy stock in it. Customers, the customer rating standpoint, the number of stars on either a Netflix thing or just the rating, rating your the product is become more and more important about whether a product is providing a service or whether it's healthy for you. So, so the rating I hear you, you, you both of you have talked, kind of talked about if we were to rate in terms of two, ten being the highest, if we were to rate the what score the police department might be received in terms of community relations, it probably would not be a ten. Uh, so even just the ability in terms of the the civilian review board, et cetera, in terms of democracy, people, we need to have more of an app opportunity to, to rate, to judge, to grade how our services are performing on an ongoing basis. So I, I love this intervention in terms of, of uh, revising, uh, building the infrastructure where we truly have some, the spirit of democracy prevails rather than just the, 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 the illusion. And, and so that, that's re- that's really important at, at all levels. Uh, at all levels. But as we kind of conclude, again, this Tom Ficklin show and Carrie uh, uh, Ellington is with, with Carrie, what's your middle name? Laura. Laura, Carrie, Laura Ellington. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Desir, what's your middle name? Zachary. Don't make me get the call because I know I know who to call if you don't give, you don't give it to me. They may be busy right now. <laughs> so, I love this. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, any, any kind of final words in terms of how people can reach out to you with some of the projects you might be involved with for this spring or this summer or or even into 2018 for that matter, because I, I I don't see you two, wherever you might be on the planet, I see you're, I, I don't mean I'm not predicting your destiny, but my sense is that you'll be involved in, in terms of making this planet a healthy one from perhaps the rest of your life. So it's just, just kind of curious what's, what's in your vision, whether you're going to relocate, whether you're still remaining in the area, just, well, what's, what's on your plate moving forward? Uh, I mean, we really want to see this local civilian review board through, and we also want to 
eventually go to the state and have the state institute a statewide civilian review board that would mm-hmm. be even more capable of holding police departments in any city in the in the state accountable so we mm-hmm. want people to to join us in that in that uh campaign as well mm-hmm. okay we, and you know something that i've really been reflecting on lately especially with all the cases is that we want the the you know the governor um to address this as a public safety issue and mm-hmm. an urgent matter yes. around the state and to acknowledge it there's been no acknowledgement of police violence in Connecticut. Um, so I think that, that's something that I want to, um, you know, kind of urge people to do is to get involved um, in this discourse and in, in organizing in your city and your town mm-hmm. um, around issues of, of police violence. Um, reach out to victims. It's a really hard. It's really hard to to, to, to stand up to, to fight for justice. It's, it yes. takes a lot and people need support networks. Um, so just to, you know, we, we really need to highlight this in Connecticut as a, as a, as an urgent issue and a, and a public safety issue, um, state sanctioned violence and, and, and the governor needs to acknowledge it. There's a, Harry, just give me the, the high sign that we have a few, a few more, a few more minutes and I don't want to put anyone on the spot and I don't want to articulate any particular person's name, but, but let me kind of phrase a question generally. Um, oh, New Haven Legal Services, our state delegation. What's what's kind of the relation, contacts, uh, partnership, if any, collaboration with our, the the legal services in New Haven? But we have other cities have legal services with NAACP, with our state delegation. Uh, we have a pretty strong, in terms of from a numerical standpoint as well as from a committee standpoint, and from New Haven in terms of the state delegation. I'm just curious of what your your interface or what your strategy has been, if at all. And again, you may want to choose your words carefully in terms of what you say, but I am curious about when you talk about the state and there are people that I know are in their own mind are working on this topic as well, what, what the kind of, not penetration, but just partnership, intersectionality, the connection that you might, might have with people that, are, that might be similarly positioned. The, the New Haven, the, the, the Yale Law Clinic, whether they're kind of kick, kicking in some, some time or effort, the Black Students Law at, 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 at Yale or... Um, uh, George Crawford, you know, the Black Black Bar Association throughout the state. I'm just curious where your your partnership uh, strategy has been, if if at all. Yeah, I mean, most of our work thus far has been at the community level, and we're working with a number of other community organizations. Mm-hmm. But we are definitely looking to make those types of partnerships, especially as we start to think about how we're going to get that state board passed. So we're, we're open. We're open to working with with pretty much anyone and. And we, yeah. and we try to work with grassroots groups on the ground. So we've been working a lot with Surge, a group called Showing Up for Racial Justice, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. CT Core, mm-hmm. a group that's um, uh, uh, building up a racial justice platform around the state. So I encourage folks Excellent. to check that out. Indeed, indeed, um, indeed. Black, yeah, Ma- yeah. Black Lives Matter New Haven, who does a lot of um, you know c- community building in um, in, in, in New Haven neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, in Bridgeport, we've been because Bridgeport's only twenty minutes down the indeed, road. We've been indeed, to, small state. Been trying yes. to forge relationships there. There's a um, awesome group for people to get involved with if you're out there called Bridgeport Generation Now. Good, um, good, and there's good. some some real strong organizing going down in Bridgeport. Um, so yeah, just trying to That's trying excellent. to forge relationships like with, with grassroots um, organizations and 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 with 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 with, with young folks um, mm-hmm. because you know it's it's. Young folks need need spaces That's to work. Absolutely, and the Bridgeport generation now had a tremendous event. I think it was at Housatonic College, but just your layout and your your program. And I, I say we, but I wasn't there. But just when I when I said that, I'm, I'm I have a big thing about you know structure and content. When you invest and you invite a people, a person to come into your 
your your aura, if you will, deliver uh, make it make it worth their while. But the, but the program and the and the presenters was really on target. Issa and Kamel, as you know, were here a few weeks ago. So the the the, the pleasure of this show has been able to kind of spotlight and share and let people know of the there are if not armies, if not platoons, if not battalions, there are uh, congregations of folks kind of coming together uh, in, in a variety of, a variety of synergistic building ways. Can I just say one more thing, Tom? Should we? Is this? I thought Equal Speech Day was yesterday. Should we? Was it? Did they still have the right to vote? Oh, it's not. No, 19, it's good. It's not nineteen nineteen. I, I, I like is there, is there a speak. quota? Is there a quota on how much they were? Is she still in the kitchen? No, she's out of the kitchen. <laughs> I'm. I'm just, I know. I'm. I'm the Neanderthal. What can I tell you? Yes, you have. You hate even Harry smiles a little bit. Please, please, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me with yes. my poor witticisms. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, no, I just wanted to, I forgot to highlight that uh, there's been um, there's been news that Connecticut is looking to pass a bill um, just to highlight some of the issues mm-hmm. around policing, mm-hmm. a bill that would allow weapons on drones. Yes. Um, in our work in Waterbury, we also learned around Rashamel's case, to, to, to skip over to that, that the Waterbury police don't have dash cams and, and, um, and uh, body cams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for Connecticut to be considering a bill to, to allow for and I'm not exactly sure I don't want to pretend to know the the where that at where that is at right now um but for that to even be in the but discourse if, and in even, the conversation the discourse, yes. when we have uh, places yes. like Waterbury where residents are screaming you know that there's police brutality yeah. um and, and and calling for for help um and they don't have body cams and dash cams mm-hmm, um, even the uh, basics, body cams yes. and dashboard cams yes, it's insane right so so that's something else we want to highlight is that um and, and to Chris's point where you still have internal affairs um, agencies uh, documenting things by hand by pencil mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to be considering mm-hmm. you know such s- such a thing in, yes. in this atmosphere um, is, is is almost schizophrenic yeah. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that and I, I kind of hesitate to ask this question because it's a whole new show not new show an extension of the show but I'm going to ask it anyway as we kind of wind down in terms of the, the marijuana kind of thing and legalization and, and any feelings about that Legalize it. I think it should be legal. <laughs> I I, that was pretty direct. I don't know. That, that didn't take much deliberation. So I, no, I no, mean, no, no, no committee needed there. I mean, I could go no, buy. I could, no, go, I could no. go buy. Harry, would you like to vote as well? And Harry says, no, he'll abstain. Yes. He He's. So the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah it seems pretty clear to me. <laughs> crystal clear? It seems crystal clear. Crystal to me. clear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last word, you guys. And again, we're going to have you back and really appreciate folks. If you can come out tonight, I'm sure there'll be some press attention. I'm going to try to get there and, and do my thing in terms of documenting a little bit to kind of give an, an, an alternate spin on things and hopefully it's a good spin. And any last words, Carrie? We'll have you go first. Um, I just want to... Uh, Shout out to Emma Jones and the Malik Jones organization. They put out, they put in um, so much foundation mm. um, for us to to, to work mm. around and to organize mm-hmm. with in regards to the Civilian Review Board. And please come out to the public hearing tonight at six o'clock at City Hall. Perfect, perfect, Chris. Yeah, just please come out and and take a look at what we're going to propose, and we hope that people will come out and support it. Tremendous, tremendous. Karen and Chris, thank you so much for for kind of keeping me out of trouble, at least for a little bit. I have some witnesses that I was in a safe space, at least until I go to court, whenever that might be. Harry, thanks so much for WNHH, and this is the Tom Ficklin Show, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Really appreciate it. We're going out with Zach Carroll, and Zach's a good friend, uh, student that I'm kind of working with at Gateway Community College, and we really like to support our, our, our young talent that, that abounds increasingly. Take care. Baby, you be running in my mind. 
you taking me over The way you looking over my shoulder So baby, come ride with the soldier Nah, nah, nah I'ma take you down, down, down